finding the moderation and kind of checking that everything that we do is evidence and science based and not harmful is very, very important, especially in this day and age where people see something online and it just becomes Bible. They just want to do it all the time. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Mind Body Planet podcast. Today, we are talking with Brennan Kai, who is a sustainability content creator with a focus on food waste reduction. You may know her from her viral series, Eating Garbage, where she takes common items you would normally throw away and she makes something delicious. My personal favorite recipe is her orange soda recipe made from orange peels, and it just looks so good. While her main topic surrounds food waste, today we are talking about something a little bit different. Our topic is focused on the overlap between the wellness and sustainability spaces online and how it can become toxic. In this episode, we answer questions like what is the relationship between wellness and sustainability, how we view the term crunchy, and how you can avoid toxic trends but keep the good advice. I also want to put a disclaimer here, Brendan and I are not doctors. We are just talking about our own personal experiences in the space since we both work in the sustainability space and we can see how the wellness industry bleeds into that very often. Please take everything we are saying with a grain of salt. And of course, we always recommend going to a doctor instead of Google for any health-related issues at hand. Now, that is the general overview of this week's episode, but let's get into it. Hello, Brennan. Welcome to the Mind Body Planet podcast. Thank you so much for being on today. Thank you so much for having me as a longtime internet friend. I feel honored to finally be having our conversation recorded. <laughs> I know. I know. We have these talks like all the time, just like one on one. And so it's kind of weird to like record it. I feel fun. like the world needs to hear our very like niche conversation topics, though. I agree. I definitely agree. Um, so we normally start the podcast with this week's favorites. So so I will go first to give you extra time in case you need any. My number one that is, you know, it's not new, that's for sure. But I've been into watching The Morning Show on Apple TV. Every like once in a while, my boyfriend and I like are always on the lookout for a new show. But I'm kind of particular with shows because I... I don't really like shows that are like too heavy, if that makes sense. But like the second you get into like creepy things, I can't do it. Like that's not relaxing to me at the end of the day. But the morning show is kind of like an in-between because you have like romance, then you have this like a lot of like really famous actors in it. And I've been really enjoying it. We just finished season one and I know there's at least two seasons. So that is this week's favorites. So I've been binging that. And my second one is popcorn. <laughs> 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 She's in um, her popcorn era. Yeah, I'm in my popcorn era. Um, I forgot how much I love popcorn. It's like so crunchy. It's the perfect little snack. And you can have like two cups of popcorn. And that's I think that's like the serving size on the back of the bag. And it's so filling. Like you just, you just, it's so nice. Because normally a lot of times you like have a snack and then the serving size is like a handful. But like popcorn's two cups. I love it. Yeah, get out of here with a handful. Absolutely not. Yeah, I actually have a zero waste popcorn popper. It's like a little silicone one that pops up and you just put the kernels in there in the microwave. It's the best. I've, I'm going to send you one. I got to get you one. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I've also seen you can use a stasher bag. Have you tried that before? Yeah, it's pretty much that It's because it's like a silicone pop-up bowl and I got it from W&P. I love everything they make. So I 100% need to get you one. Like I will be yeah. sending you one. I got my little brother popcorn. This popcorn, it's, I think it's called like a whirly pop for Christmas. And oh, I remember those. <laughs> yeah, it's like the little metal thing you put on your stove and then you have to like turn it basically the entire time. 
it's like so cute he loved it and so we ate popcorn (laughs) like every single day of the week that he was visiting me like literally every single day we had popcorn now i want a whirly pop because that was so good (laughs) when you get someone a gift but it's so nice that you just wish you'd gotten it for yourself (laughs) i know i know it happens to me all the time i'm like man mistakes were made should have kept it my current favorites i have two one is cold watermelon with tahini I've been eating it nonstop. It's my favorite thing right now. It's just so refreshing. If you don't like watermelon, I don't know what to tell you. Like I I have no words. It's the best summer fruit. It is getting super, super hot here in Florida right now. So I just keep it in the fridge and then put tahini on it. It's mm-hmm. next level. If you don't know, tahini is like chili, lime, and salt. And you just sprinkle it on. It's amazing. I could eat it for every meal right now. It is currently my hyper fixation food. And my other favorite is baking focaccia every single week it's ridiculous how obsessed i have become so i've been loving messing around with different bread recipes and stuff and having some fun i've never really baked with yeast until recently so kind of enjoying it i need to get on maria's level our friend maria who's living planet friendly on tiktok and instagram and all platforms she is like in her sourdough mode she's like crushing it i need to get on that level but i'm not there yet so right now i've just been messing around with some more standard bread recipes and having so much fun learning to bake bread. I love it. I've I've never successfully made bread. I'm actually like a really, really awful cook and baker, even though if you meet me in person, I might tell you otherwise, but I'm really bad. At it. <laughs> well, if we lived in the same place, we would be baking together every day. Yeah. I'd be learning from you. You can teach me all your methods. Oh my gosh. Google teaches me all my methods. <laughs> So when you make focaccia, do you just like make one batch and then you eat it throughout the week? Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty big. It makes, I mean, the recipe that I use is pretty big. Yeah. You can top it with anything. So I'll do like olives or garlic or tomatoes or whatever I have in my fridge. And it kind of helps to avoid food waste. (laughs) My entire personality, (laughs) food waste reduction. Well, we have a lot of really wonderful topics to dive into today, kind of revolving the wellness industry, some of the toxicities that you can see in it. But let's start with introducing yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, how you got started in sustainability. You have a platform on multiple different social media channels, so I'd love to hear about that as well. Just a little general overview. Yeah, I love talking about myself, so this should be (laughs) totally fun and not cringe at all. (laughs) Seriously, so hard for me to get this little spiel, but basically... I have always been interested in sustainability to like some extent. I This is like a little fun fact that I put everywhere. So I'm sure everyone's tired of hearing it, but I actually was born on Earth Day. <laughs> so I feel like it was meant to be. And it's just been like a big passion of mine. My parents were pretty, pretty staunch environmentalists, like considering, it, you know, it was early days and I grew up in the South. Um, Yeah, so I was really lucky to have been given kind of like that foundation in my earlier years of being interested in sustainability and just the well-being of the planet in general. I grew up near the ocean in Florida, so it was a big part of my life. Um, And then as I became an adult and moved out on my own, I ended up living in Germany uh, when I was 18 for a little over a year. And that experience was really profound for me. It really kind of helped me understand that the infrastructure that we have here in the United States as it relates to the well-being of our environment is just really not 
it. <laughs> like we could be doing so much better. And the experience of living in a country that has done more than my own country in terms of environmentalism was very profound. And it really impacted me as I entered into my adult years and I moved back to the States. And then a couple of years ago, I really just started to get into it. I started living alone, which was a big thing. So when I first started living alone, it became something I wanted to have my house be a zero waste house. Um, I became really into low waste living. Um, I became pretty strict vegan. I'm not strict vegan anymore, but, and I'm not zero waste anymore either. <laughs> we could touch on that too. Uh, I definitely am like seeking out nuance in all things, but that was uh, uh, definitely a turning point for me. And then in 2020, um, I was let go from my job at the beginning of the pandemic, which a lot of us were. And I was kind of stuck at home uh, because course we all were and I just started to create some content um, related to sustainability um, months before that just on Instagram just for fun and I was asked to be a part of the TikTok education fund in July of 2020 so I was unemployed and didn't really know what I was going to do and everything was still very uncertain with the world at that time like you know and I just kind of decided like hey let's give this a shot they were paying for a short amount of time to create educational content. And I downloaded TikTok for the very first time after I was already under contract with them. So that's kind of different, I think. <laughs> and I started creating sustainability content, kind of developed a following from there and realized like, I just love making content and creating recipes around food waste reduction or telling people how to live a more low waste lifestyle or talking about all of these really niche interests that I have that kind of stem from the sustainability or environmentalism space. So I just really enjoy it. It's a creative outlet for me. And it's three years later, and I'm still doing it full time. So I definitely want to continue to grow it and see where it goes. But yeah, it's just been like kind of unbelievable to me that this is my job. Uh, I still wake up and I'm like, I can't believe that I do this every day. And I know that you feel the same way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's a little bit about my background. And um. I have a degree in sociology with a minor in international communications. So definitely not like a sustainability degree, but that's one of my interests is sociology and communication. So I think that that's been really helpful for me in this field as well. I find it so cool that the education in the sustainability space has really just exploded in the last couple of years and that really, you were kind of one of the entrepreneurs specifically for TikTok being involved in the educators fund, like you mentioned. And I find that so valuable because that's really why people like me get to do this full time too, is because we learn from people like you who are kind of the, oh the mavericks God. in the space. Chris, you know? stop. I'll start crying. Yeah. It's like very, very sweet. I That like makes me very emotional. <laughs> oh well I, it's the truth you know it's the truth because if it weren't for people like you like it wouldn't make space for people like me to come in and have these kinds of conversations well us eco content creators really do have like a tight knit community we really do like look out for each other and try to create opportunities for each other because we really do want everyone to thrive that's doing what we're doing which I haven't really seen that in a lot of other online spaces so I'm really proud of us for creating that it is a great community. And I think it's because like, if someone succeeds, like we all kind of succeed, like it's a win for the climate, no matter who is benefiting from it. And I feel like that's kind of the greater cause we all stand behind. 100%. And I think all of us being environmentalists um, comes first and foremost. And then second, all of us are 
small business owners who are trying to kind of make this into a sustainable career. We really do look out for each other and talk business and talk numbers and talk deals. And that's a really, really invaluable resource. Absolutely. In a community like this, where everybody like works from home and you don't have your traditional coworkers, it makes it super important to have a community. Yeah. You were the first person to use that uh, coworkers comparison. You were the first one to be like, I feel like you guys are my coworkers, I think. So that's exactly how I feel about you guys. I feel like you guys are my coworkers. Clearly, Brendan and I are friends for those that don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We do send each other memes from time to time. We do. We do. We do. Um, But before being full-time content creators, Brennan, you and I have talked, you used to work in the wellness space, right? Yeah, I did. I I guess you could still consider me being like wellness space adjacent. Um, But I did work in like more of a traditional couple of jobs before doing this full-time. I worked in like a couple different more kind of health and wellness sort of crunchy food establishments. Like I worked in a kitchen at one point for like a health food spot. And then I worked for a couple of years in a wellness center in Miami. And that was the job that I had prior to getting laid off and going full time. (laughs) I kind of want to touch on the relationship kind of between wellness and sustainability. Just like you said, it's kind of sustainability is wellness adjacent. Right. Well, maybe this is like too specific to our lived experience in this industry. Maybe no one else will be able to relate to this, but there's definitely like a fine line between a holistic wellness type space and the sustainability kind of green living space. And we see it all the time. Like I know you and I will go back and forth. Like I'll post a recipe about something a little bit more kind of like slow living style, like something a little bit more eco-friendly in spirit and I'll have a bunch of comments come in talking about how this is the only way to live we need to get away from chemicals there's people who make my recipes because they want to reduce food waste and they want to like you know be more sustainable and use what they have and there's people that make my recipes because they want to eat an entirely whole foods plant-based diet for health reasons so it makes a lot of sense that there would be an overlap between those two communities there are stark differences between the two. Um, it just depends on like the the topic. Mm-hmm. That is interesting because I do feel like with a lot of products, for example, you see that they're like clean ingredients and eco-friendly. It is really exactly. hard to find a product that is one and not the other. They kind of coincide. Yeah. For example, if you go to find eco-friendly cleaning products that are not packaged in single-use plastic, generally speaking, a lot of them are not going to have any sanitizing agent in them. Because a lot of them are marketed as being free of quote unquote harsh chemicals. It's amazing that these, you know, more eco packaged cleaning products exist. But for those of us who maybe do want to sanitize things in our home (laughs) while also not using plastic, it, you know, you're, you're exactly right. Those products are marketed to both camps, the eco living, sustainable living camp and the holistic health camp. Can you talk more on what you mean by holistic? Because for me, I view holistic as like (laughs) the big picture, you know? So I always like to think like holistic sustainability. It's for your mind, your mental health, your body, physical health, and then the planet health as well. That's kind of my perspective on holistic, but I feel like you're using it in a way that's a little bit different than me. So I would love if you could take a second to describe what that means. 
Right. I think I'm maybe not using it in the best way. I think I should be using the word crunchy. I'm just not sure that everybody will get that reference. Crunchy kind of refers to more kind of alternative, natural ways of living. And they often that community often refers to themselves as holistic. So you're not wrong. The term holistic can be used as a more broad term. But in this context, I think we could kind of interchange crunchy and holistic. What is the most common crunchy characteristic? I would say a distrust in authority. Oh. Which is not inherently a bad thing, right? I would say a distrust in like the systems that we have in place. So distrust of the medical system, a distrust of the food system. There's a lot of language about big pharma, big agriculture, things like that. It's a lot of like big brother is watching you type rhetoric that I see getting more and more prevalent. And again, this doesn't encompass the entire community of people who are interested in holistic or crunchy lifestyle stuff because we definitely fall into that camp. Um, It's just that's like the far extreme side of things. So this very far into the crunchy area of things is very niche. They're loud. Yeah, exactly. They're very loud. Um, I think a lot of people's introduction into the sustainability space is personal care. The first products that you maybe buy in the sustainability space are switching over to bar shampoo and bar conditioner or plastic-free cotton rounds for your face or That's just one example, maybe switching over to more eco-friendly skincare. So it kind of adds you as a person and your body and health and wellness into the equation. When we factor that in, it makes sense. And a lot of these products that we're maybe buying when we're starting to make a transition into living a more eco-friendly lifestyle, they're marketed as being non-toxic. They're marketed as being better for your health. So that's kind of where the link comes in for me. And I also think all of us as sustainability advocates are very aware that a healthy planet means healthy people. So we're kind of inherently concerned with health and wellness just by being in this field. We do very much care about people's well-being. It kind of makes sense that that link would be there. That's fascinating because I feel like five minutes ago, I wouldn't be able to tell you truly the difference between the two or be able to express it in a way that makes sense. So you have wellness, which is kind of products and concepts. Then you have sustainability, which introduces the person into the equation and the planet into the equation. So that is why you have a lot of overlap. Because it's getting back to basics, right? It's cleaning your house with baking soda instead of Clorox. We keep saying that there's a fine line here because there is one. And I have noticed personally that there are some people that talk about things that are a bit questionable. It feels like it can lead to something very toxic, very quick, if you're not aware of what is happening. (laughs) You just hit the nail on the head. It can lead to very toxic ideology, toxic ways of thinking, if it's not kept in check. And I think we saw trending very much in the past couple of months in online spaces, these conversations surrounding the crunchy to alt-right pipeline. And I recognize that that's a chronically online thing that I just said. <laughs> if you're not online, you're like, what is going on? But it, we have data to show that a lot of these crunchy communities can go down the, let's say, alt-right rabbit hole very quick. That's just one example. And it's it's fascinating uh, because generally speaking, 
it used to be that the the environmentalist, the sustainability lifestyle person, the holistic mama, these ways of life were definitely considered on the left wing side of things previously. And now in the past couple of years, we have seen it really crop up on the right wing side of things as well, which is just really fascinating, especially from the perspective of me having like a sociology degree and really thinking that these things are interesting. But it's tricky to find that line, that fine line, because you and I have talked about this a lot. Like I 100% incorporate holistic wellness practices in my life. And I I know you do too, like depending on what they are, depending on the day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I don't see them as inherently harmful, but I do after several years of having been in the industry and being that my platform is kind of adjacent to those spaces, I do see some toxicity that has the potential to really blossom in those spaces. So finding the moderation and kind of checking that everything that we do is evidence and science-based and not harmful is very, very important, especially in this day and age where people see something online and it just becomes Bible. They just want to do it all the time. This kind of timeline, if you will call it a timeline, I guess, starts when first you're educating yourself, you have a sunburn and you realize that the aloe you bought from the store is not really working. So you're like, let me buy an aloe plant and actually use the real plant. That is not harmful, but it's like a snowball effect. You start adding on aspects to your life that are more holistic, that again, are not bad. We support 90% of all of these holistic and wellness Absolutely. trends that are happening, but it becomes where you want to control everything in your life. And it stems from that place. You need control. It becomes all encompassing, right? Mm -hmm. That's when you stop going to a doctor. That kind of narrative is when it starts to become harmful and no longer beneficial for you because you're you're not allowing the real education, the peer-reviewed articles to benefit you. You're ignoring the evidence. Right. And I first started to see it in the vegan community, right? So when I was very, very outspoken in the vegan scene, 100% for the record, I'm absolutely in favor of people standing up against factory farming. But when we get into doing it for health reasons, there starts to become more of a gray area. And this could apply to veganism. This could apply to using essential oils as medicine. This could apply to herbalism. Let's look at the root cause as to why we are doing this. If we don't have peer-reviewed, evidence-backed information and studies to back the reasoning behind why we do things, it can get a little bit messy. And there is relief to be found in some of these holistic practices. Absolutely. My problem with it comes in with the evidence-backed science, as we discussed. Yeah, yeah. I understand what you're saying. I, I think it's it's blurry. Is kind of what we're saying here is the line is very blurry. It is very gradual. And for the most part, these trends and these practices are actually really good for you, which is why it is a slippery slope, because you can just have too many things going on where it starts to consume yourself and your life and you cannot live a normal life anymore. We could also delve into the topic of body image issues and potential eating disorders that can come from being in a very hyper holistic mindset. What you were just describing, that extremism, that can really kind of bleed over into the ways that we eat, our relationships with food, etc. 
And that's something that happened to me. That's something that happened to a lot of people that I know that were pretty heavily involved in the more holistic way of living about five years ago or so. We saw a lot of pretty intense diet culture be a very prevalent factor in the kind of crunchy holistic lifestyle. I'm not sure about you, but I definitely bought into it quite a bit and it definitely messed up my relationship with food. I talked a little bit about this on a previous podcast talking about how you can use health as a way to return to your life where a lot of people look at it as a way that restricts you, you know, eating a certain calorie deficient or, you know, whatever those health things are going on. And I feel like this is really, really reminiscent of that idea is you start living more crunchy, more holistic is the word we've been kind of going back to here. It starts off in a way that's supposed to be good for you. And then you find that is no longer good for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's, it's for those of us with extreme personalities, I am one of them, by the way, um, (laughs) finding that balance can be really challenging because on the one hand, it is good for me to wake up every single morning and drink a full glass of water. And then do stretches for 20 minutes and then morning pages journaling and then meditate and then drink my green juice and have my matcha and take all my supplements and do a face mask. You know, there's nothing wrong with all of that, but there goes three hours. It's not sustainable long-term for those of us who really do want to not make it our entire life. And finding that balance can be tricky. So What we, I guess, keep coming back to throughout this episode is the idea that finding a balance is the most important thing, and that is getting increasingly harder in this kind of wellness-obsessed culture that we're living in. So you and I have talked about in the past how intense black and white thinking in sustainability has been really harmful for us, Mm -hmm. and I find that to be the case with the wellness industry as well. Absolutely. It's something that you and I have both experienced is that we post a video and we get comments saying that this isn't really sustainable or, oh, you used a plastic coffee cup, so I'm not going to watch your content anymore. This kind of really harmful thinking that because you use plastic automatically means that you are no longer sustainable and that you're not credible anymore when that's not the case. Definitely. So so we've talked, it is not black or white. It's going to be different for everybody. Do you have any advice for somebody who is watching, you know, a wellness person or somebody in the sustainability space and needs a little bit help on deciding whether or not it's good for them as a person? Do you have any advice for somebody? That's so tricky because I think honestly, for me, it just came with time and getting older. You're a little bit more impressionable when you're younger. I think as you get older, life kind of shows you what you can take and what you can leave behind. Being very easily influenced is I believe like pretty dangerous in this day and age. And we've talked about that a lot with de-influencing. And that doesn't just relate to what you're purchasing, you know, in terms of minimalism and encouraging people to buy less. That also goes for what you're consuming online and the advice that you're taking. And I struggle with this a lot. I find myself constantly trying to find the balance between, okay, I like this person's content. I like what they have to say. I'm going to do what they're doing. And also being like, okay, is this actually healthy for me? Is this working for me? Um, And we use the word sustainable a lot in our field and it has several meanings, right? I always say it can be sustainable for the planet, but it also has to be sustainable for you and for your lifestyle. So if somebody's habits don't feel sustainable, for you and your life and your unique set of circumstances, I would say leave them behind. But getting older 
helps you realize what to take and what to leave behind. Um, I would just be more critical of the people that you're following. Be more careful with the content that you're consuming. So basically, guys, what we're saying is take everything with a grain of salt. Do not blindly believe someone if they're telling you one thing is good or if one thing is bad. If you find yourself going down this rabbit hole, reevaluate why you are doing what you are doing. Obviously, Brennan and I are both, we're not doctors. We don't have, you know, PhDs in this field, but these are just personal experiences that her and I have, have gone through ourselves and we recognize that it's very easy to find yourself in a space where what you are doing is not sustainable for your lifestyle anymore. I think our main takeaway is to take everything with a grain of salt. <laughs> I love that. That's exactly pretty much the the conclusion I come to after every single conversation ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, there's Nothing no is set in stone. Everything is nuanced and life <laughs> yeah. is crazy and weird and you just have to take it for what it's worth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a balance. There's a balance. So thank you, Brennan. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I want to give you a space to share where people can find you. Yeah, for sure. I would love it if you followed along. This is not typically my main topic of conversation online, but I do love talking about this. I mostly work in like food waste reduction, sustainability, eco-home, slow living type of content. And you can find me at Brennan Kai on Instagram. That's B-R-E-N-N-A-N-K-A-I and Brennan.Kai on TikTok. And I think more platforms to come soon. So I'll keep you posted. Yay. Awesome. I will link all of that in the show notes for anybody interested in finding Brennan. If you have any questions, I'm sure she's open to it. So just you know, find her, scoot along, find her on one of those other platforms. And thank you guys so much for listening to us. Thank you so much. All right, we have made it to the good climate news portion, which is my favorite, let's be honest. Always makes me feel good afterwards. This week's article is titled, Look at that beast. This well-fed snapping turtle is a conservation success story. So basically, there was a video that went viral of a giant snapping turtle in Chicago, and people started calling it Chonkosaurus, which... I'm a fan of. I like that name. <laughs> but the reason why that turtle is doing so well and is so big and out and about is because conservationists have been carrying out native plant restoration along the entire waterway to combat invasive species that have started to show up. It's got a lot of nature coming back to that waterway in Chicago. It's pretty cool. Obviously, when you see animals are doing well, must mean that the plants are doing well too. It's just ecology. So I will link that in the show notes for anybody interested. Seriously, like he's like huge. <laughs> Other than that, that is this week's episode. I hope you liked it. I hope you followed it. The wellness and sustainability online spaces are huge. So it's kind of a lot to cover, but I feel like we hit on a lot of the important parts. You can follow the podcast on Instagram at Mind Body Planet Podcast. You can also follow me, Crystalline, at Crystalline Geyer on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. If you are feeling into it, if you could rate us on both Apple and Spotify, that would be amazing. Literally anything helps just get the podcast out there so it can be discovered for more and more people to see and i'm so happy you're here so i will see you on monday next week 7 a.m bye guys